Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is your captain, Ricky Ricardo. All right, it's been a great day, everybody. England just playing their first World Cup game, winning 2-1 against Tunisia. Absolutely ecstatic for the boys. Leave it to us, though, to wait until the exact last minute. But I do think Harry Kane should be going for King. Screw Harry, screw William, screw them all. It should be Harry Kane. Uh, I'm Alex Hooper. This is the Swift Kicks Podcast, Episode 2. Ben is my co-host. Ben, what'd you think? Lad, that's three points in the bag, my man. You know, we'll take We'll take the W. Uh, it's always good to win it. You know, it's typical England fashion. Give us a near heart attack. But, you know, three points is three points. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Um, it like I said, I'm ecstatic. I'm on cloud nine for the boys. But uh, we move on. Hopefully we get three more in the next game. Set us up for uh doesn't really matter what happens against Belgium. A first or second place will be great. Um, anyway, moving on to this week's podcast, we're going to discuss all the latest goings on in the World Cup, obviously. Uh, We're going to talk to a physiotherapist about injuries in this year's tournament and what's being done to prevent them. We're also going to ask the question that's on everyone's mind, obviously, is why Italians dive so much. Why do they dive so much? We don't know. We just don't know. But we will we will try and get to the root of that answer there. Uh, And we're also going to take a look at what Panama's head coach said and the bet that he made against himself. That's pretty insane. And you're probably going to want to hear. But first, Ben, what's been your biggest shock at the World Cup so far? Probably Australia. You called it, and they are, you know, they're shocking the world one one game at a time. Um, it's been it's been a great start, really. Like there's been some fantastic football going on. Three three Spain Portugal was definitely worth my time. Um, yep. And then you know watching Germany lose to Mexico was pretty epic as well. Uh, what about yourself? What do you think? Uh, I definitely think the Mexico beating Germany. Germany now. Sitting at the bottom of their group, you know, World Cup winners last time round. Obviously one of the big favorites. Um, just always good. And they just got pestered by Mexico and they, they just didn't look ready for it. I think they thought that they were going to come in and kind of have a, not an easy game, but they would, uh, you know, they'd pull through as always and they just didn't at all. Um, the other thing that I know people are talking about a lot is, you know, you had Bernardo, like you said, that that game against Spain and it was essentially Ronaldo versus Spain uh, and he scored a hat trick and then you had Messi for Argentina and he missed a penalty and now you've got like Diego Maradona saying that Argentina are a disgrace so <laughs> you got a lot of fallout from that I still think they'll obviously pull through I mean I hope they do because I have them in the final but uh, yeah, yeah Ar- me too. Argentina you know I think they another team that sort of came out Came out sluggish, and they definitely could have done a little more. So, a couple of things. First off, I kind of think the Mexico game was a little bit different of a story. They definitely Mm -hmm. did bring the heat. Mexico did look good. I don't think that's a winning team. I don't think there's anything about them that says, you know, we're destined for greatness. Yeah. To winning 1-0. You got Chicharito on the verge of crying as he's leaving the (laughs) field. Like, come on. That's not what champions do. A championship team is going to act like it's not a big deal. It's the opening game in the group stages. Even if it was the knockout stages, I'd accept it a little bit more. But when you're that emotional about a win, which should be – I'm not going to say a Germany win is routine because it's never routine. But champions know that they're supposed to win. It shouldn't be that shocking to you. Um, And, like, you know – 
great for Mexico fans. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, you beat one of the world's greatest teams. But at the same time, like, I, I in sports psychology, they do not have the mindset of a championship team if they're getting that excited over a 1-0 win. I, and, you know, they, they had 61%, um, and they being Germany, had 61% of the possession. Yeah. So, like, there's no reason Mexico should have won that game. The attack they have is absolutely abysmal. They got one lucky goal. Homeboy took way too many touches and then <laughs> went near post with just an absolute blast. Yeah, but I think that they'd I, definitely I, be working on that at the at the training pitch. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, one I don't touch. See it. One touch. <laughs> yeah, I don't see it though. It's a culture. It seems like for that squad, which means it's coached at that level. Right. That they take like nine touches. Like it's it's frustrating to me because it looks like they're playing for penalties. Like, yeah. they're going to get a touch-in-the-box cutback. Touch-in-the-box cutback. And I don't think of Mexico as an outside-the-18 kind of scoring team. No. So, like, get inside and finish. Like, that's Chicharito's game. Right. He scores that scrappy goal inside the six. And when you're dribbling to the six from the PK spot, you're going to get hammered. You, you know what I mean? Like, it, it just did not – I was not that impressed by that win. And it is, you know, anytime you beat a big team, that's great, and it's a win, it's three points. But they could still not make it out of the group. Yeah. I don't think they have the right psychology going through that. I don't think they're that good. Um, uh, something that was impressive as well was, yes, Iceland coming through yes. with a one-all draw. That was incredible. Yes. And then, I, you know, I think Russia, Russia beat Saudi Arabia 5-0. And right. We're not talking about that because we're like, oh, Saudi Arabia, that bad. No. I think Russia might be that good. Um, they're at home. They're they're taking a taking that home field advantage to the the next level. If they won two zero three zero, maybe five zero is a routing, right? And and it was a good five zero too. It wasn't just. I mean, some of the, like you know the free kick at the end to make it five nil. I mean that was that was world class. So um, I do think it's interesting going back to like the Mexico game. I mean. Yeah, I see what you're saying about how, you know, especially with the taking too many touches, I mean, that's going to, further down the line, you know, they're going to miss opportunities. You know, it's that's the 100% of shots you don't take, you don't make Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think you got to be happy for the fans. Like you said, you know, I, did you see that they, uh, the Mexico fans celebrating, they caused a, like a minor earthquake from jumping up and down? No. That's yeah. brilliant. That's pretty that is awesome. awesome. Uh, it should also be mentioned that this is the first time uh, in any World Cup that Brazil, Argentina, and Germany all failed to win their first opening matches at the World Cup. I saw that. That's yeah. awesome. Well, the way things are now, Mexico sits in first in F, and then they play second in E if they stay first, which is currently Brazil. So maybe they do want to throw a couple games and they can uh, try and play Serbia. <laughs> I don't see them beating Korea. Throwing us out there, they're gonna draw. They're gonna draw or lose. I don't. I don't think it's gonna happen. I'm telling you, like they just won the World Cup in their minds. They're it's gone to their head. They don't stand a chance. Yeah. Speaking of Korea, did you see the story where uh, the coach made players swap around jersey numbers uh, to confuse like any scouts from like Western teams because that is that is a bold move <laughs> because. Because they can't, they can't tell the difference between the players. <laughs> so they were trying to, you know, identify them by the numbers. Uh, that, so that is definitely using subtle racism as a tactic. <laughs> right, <this> like <laughs> become 
boldly, playfully racist. <laughs> <laughs> it has. Dude, I've done that, though. Yeah. I, I tell you, I played in a basketball league not too long ago. And for those of you that don't know me, I have never played basketball in my life. I have <laughs> got awful at basketball. And I just had the opportunity to pick my number first. So, me being me, I'm like, yo, I'm rocking 23. That's for right. Jordan, not LeBron. Chill out. <laughs> so I put on number 23, and every single time, the best player matches up against me. And it's kind of both a blessing and disguise, because they then waste their defense on me, but I get absolutely slaughtered on defense. That's terrible. <laughs> but, so South Korea is going with that bold tactic. If anything, I think I did it first, so they must have got that idea from me. Yeah, um, that's right. The other thing I was, <laughs> was going to talk about is Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, oldest guy to ever score a hat trick. First off, when did Cristiano Ronaldo get old? And second off, how good is Cristiano Ronaldo to single-handedly, you know, keep up with Spain? He, I mean, he lifted an entire nation. You know, he, like you said, he kept up with ten other field players on Spain that are, for the most part, all pretty world class. You know, uh, yeah, just I mean. You could say the the first penalty a little. Some people would give it, some might not. But you know, all credit to him. He got it and he took it and he scored. Um, again, the free kick that he scored was great. Um, but yeah, just to keep pulling his team out, um, I think you've got to you've got to respect it and you've got to love watching it right now. Going further down the line in the World Cup, though, uh, I don't I didn't see anybody else that really stepped up for Portugal that would. You know, you got to get at least two or three goals from some other players. Otherwise, you know, you're always going to be relying on, on Ronaldo to get you there. So I know. I think if that's the first game, he's not scoring. It. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if that was game two or three, he's too tired. Like, by the end of that, he was going down with um, cramps. Like, it, it was bad. You right. know, like, it, it's game one. Right. Um, and then he played, they play Morocco. He plays. <laughs> Uh, Morocco on Wednesday, um, so you would guess that, that would be a slightly that would be a, a less intense game than the Spain game, uh, and then they've got Iran after that, which again, so they might you know pull out of the all they need is a couple of one nils, two ones, something like that uh, to get out of the group. Um, Was that Diego Costa or Nacho that scored that screamer in the Portugal game? Uh, I think it was. Nacho, yeah, because I remember looking at uh, the score that, and being like, who, who is, who's named Nacho? Come on. And more importantly, where are the nachos? That was probably goal of the tournament. I'm just going to throw this out there. Yeah. As soon as I saw it, I was like, yep, that, that just raised the bar on the second day. Yeah. Posting <laughs> in from like 20 yards out. Yeah. It's unreal. Right. You know what surprised me out of, out of everything yesterday was uh, that a grown man, Boateng, had a foul throw. <laughs> like what? Yeah. What? Yeah. what? Yeah. Hang on, this dude's making millions of dollars, and he came right. into a throne. Like, you're you're fired. Like you should be able to be fired once. Right. Exactly. I feel like the fans should be able to vote someone off of the World Cup, <laughs> and it would be Boateng. Like if you can't do a throw-in successfully, you do not belong here. Like right. I mean, at the high school level, I look at kids when they can't do a throw-in, and I'm just like, what's wrong with you? Like, just, just throw the ball in. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, exactly. But nonetheless, in the 18th minute, Boateng had a foul throw. Um, you know something else we haven't seen uh, this year? We haven't seen uh, a red card yet. 
which will probably change today for England. But um, <laughs> we haven't seen a red card this World Cup. I think it's been uh, – the refing has been pretty okay for most of the games. Uh, I think the Brazil game, the ref kind of stepped in a little bit too much. But yeah. I think for the most part, they have been letting them play. Yeah, um, absolutely. So kind of back to that, though. I heard – I think it was Lexi Lawless saying something about uh, – what was it? Neymar being protected. And yeah, well, it wasn't Lexi Lawless. Right. Yeah, I'm going to blame him anyway because it was stupid. So, the, basically, the take was that Neymar gets fouled and it was a card because Neymar sells tickets. And I was just like, yo, that's everything that's wrong with this sport. It doesn't matter who you are. Right. You can't ref based on the fact that this is a superstar. Gets right. clipped from behind. If it was a foul from behind, I, I understand the yellow card. What I do not understand is how anyone can say like, "Oh, it's Neymar. You gotta, you gotta set the bar early that you can't be taking shots at these guys." No, it's a physical game. It is not a sport where you, you, you know what I mean. That because of who you are, you get, you get treated differently, right? Um, and that's you know that goes back. That makes me think of basketball. Like you have people taking flops, and that's how you get those calls, right? And I, to to be honest with you, that third goal in the Portugal game might have had to do with that. Ronaldo wasn't even looking at the ball. Uh, he gets the ball to his feet. He knows the guy's behind him, looks over his shoulder, kicks his feet out. Yeah. Foul, right on the edge of the box. And he's never missing from there. He knew where he was. And that was easier than trying to dribble around and shoot. Um, so, you know, I think the refing is better than it has been. But at the same time, I still think, you know, they're playing favorites. And that sucks. And then uh, there were a couple cards yesterday in Mexico's game. Weren't there, weren't there two yellows? Yeah. And they came late. One of them came real late, and that that's important to to not really commit to, um, right. because you know what I mean. Again, it goes back to my my feelings on Mexico being overrated. Like you guys have not been there before. This is not how you act if you're that good of a team. You can't be getting stupid cards. Right. I mean, did you see that coach though? He said, uh, I think it was the post match game, uh, the conference rather. He said, I told them to play for the love of winning and not for the fear of losing. So. You know, I love that. Caught on right. a lot of emotion. Uh, right. But I do agree. You know, you've, you've got to tone it down after that. If you do make right. it out, you've got to compose yourself uh, on the world's biggest stage. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, and it, it has not disappointed yet. Yeah. No, it hasn't. The, this tournament has honestly been really, really great. I thought that first opening game, Russia, Saudi Arabia, was going to be a snooze fest. And to come out of that 5 0, that was. That yeah, that was, was electric. That, set the tone so um, um i've had the privilege of, sorry what's that? Go Go ahead. Ahead. i said i've had the privilege of watching this uh tournament with a couple of people that have never watched the sport before uh-huh. or they have and like they think of like high school or college you know soccer and they're like yeah you know and they're watching yeah. it and they're like holy crap this is just a whole nother animal and it absolutely is it, you know like yeah, Germany hitting shots from outside the twenty. Mexico's keeper deserves some sort of award, by the way. He yeah. saved a free kick in the first half that was phenomenal. Yeah, that one he pushed up off the crossbar. Yeah, that was that was impressive. Very impressive. Yeah, he's been uh, his fourth World Cup. He's the one. I mean, I didn't see him right. celebrating too much. He's definitely got the experience, and you know, he can sort of bring some of the younger players right back down. Hopefully, um, right. Did you? So we mentioned it at the top of the show. Uh, Panama's head coach, it, he says, if they make it out of the group, speaking of, you know, 
keeping your level head. If they make it out of the group stage, he will drink two bottles of vodka himself. In one sitting? Like, there's going to be more parameters. Around. I love it. <laughs> we need, this man, this man deserves an MBA or, and, you know, Sir Panama coach, whatever the right. hell you want to call it. <laughs> What's his name? Hernan Gomez. That's yeah. That's a, that's a pretty good statement. Do you think he's making that because he knows they won't? Or yeah. do you think he genuinely is like, look, guys, I got a problem. Support my problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> was he, was he going to do this anyway? Or, right. or is this just a World Cup thing? Like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. It'd be more impressive if he'd never had alcohol. But I right. have a feeling that's not the case. All right. Coming up next, we have our resident physio, uh, Dan, Daniel Sim. We call him Simo. Um, and we'll, we'll go from there. Hey, so we got Ben and Alex here. Uh, we're just calling catch up on the World Cup, your thoughts on it. And as our resident physio, we want to hear what's going on. So tell the world a little bit about yourself, my man. Uh, basically, uh, my name is Dan Sim. I've been a physio in professional football in the United Kingdom at various levels for around four years. Um, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much it, really. That's all we really need to know. Is that all we need to know? Are you so, sure? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Clear, clear and cut. So tell me a little bit about your thoughts on the World Cup so far, man. Who you got winning it? Uh, I think winning it's hard to look past either Spain or Portugal based on the two performances they had. And, I mean, with Ronaldo in the form that he looks to be in, then I'm sort of edging their way. Uh, he looked phenomenal the other night. And I think when he plays like that, it's very difficult for anybody to stop him, let alone a team. Yeah, well, uh, I've got Australia going to the quarterfinals. So what do you think about that? You know what? I, I can see that. They'll be difficult to beat. That's the one thing they'll definitely be it's difficult to beat. They were very unlucky the other day against France. I mean, deserve Was this rugby? Like, <laughs> <laughs> rugby and cricket, I believe you, but this is just... You think Ronaldo has the legs to carry on like he is? Like, at the end of the game, he started cramping, and I think there's just too much pressure on him. I mean, I don't know. I think he's, he's a supreme athlete. That has to be said. He's phenomenal at what he does and, and how he looks after his body. And you think he's had a few injuries over the past few years. But if you look at him, he's changed his game a hell of a lot, especially when he plays for Real Madrid. He doesn't actually move as much as he used to. He plays more centrally, right. picks up the ball in more central areas. And uh, rather than obviously, the, you know, when we used to seeing him initially, especially at Man United and his early days at Madrid when he was out wide, terrorising people out there now. I think if you play smart, he'll be absolutely fine. I think the adrenaline that comes with playing Spain in the first game, you know, I think there's no, there's no wonder that he cramps, especially when you, you essentially carry a whole team on your back like he does. Yeah. Um, I think he can do it. I think he won't play to that level for the whole tournament, but if he plays anywhere near that level, he's virtually unstoppable. Yeah, I agree with that. So we got you on to talk about injuries. Anything that's uh, stuck out to you so far in the World Cup? Well, obviously, the two biggies have been um, uh, prior to the World Cup with Brazil and Neymar. He didn't look himself last night. Um, now, that could be down to his foot. He, he's been in the press beforehand saying he's not 100% confident in it. So, that's never a good sign. But, you know, if you're Brazil's manager, you can't leave Neymar out of your World Cup squad if he's anywhere near fit. So, hopefully, he starts to find form in the next couple of games and he'll be okay. Um Mo Salah obviously was the interesting one. He, they made a big, big sort of fuss about him being fit for the first game and, and then he didn't feature. So leads me to think there's maybe a little bit more to his shoulder injury that 
you know, that they're needing to try and manage before they're, they're ready to throw him into a game. And hopefully we'll see him in the next couple of games because he's a really exciting player to watch. Right. Do we know um, what he did to his shoulder? I, I believe from, from what I can see, it was, from what I can tell and what I've heard around, is it was, it was a dislocation um, at the time. Um, but, you know, dislocating your shoulder in itself is not always the big issue. Yeah, it's really painful. The problem is if you do any damage to the surrounding structures, which lead it to be unstable now, um, that'd be something that he'll be very much aware of and he'd feel it feeling different to the other side. Now, if it's just pain and all the structures are largely untouched underneath, then maybe you know, they might use some pain control just to get him through. I don't really know um, exactly how they would choose to manage it, but... You know, for the fact that he's declared himself fit and by all means he's been training and whatnot, hopefully that means that we will see him in this World Cup because it would be a shame for him to have the year that he's had and then us not to be able to see what he's like on the world stage. Yeah. What do you think about um, uh, the, the Amrabat? Uh, obviously a heavy concussion that happened there. What, what was your take on that? Horrendous. Uh, I mean, it, was aw- it was awful to watch, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and, I mean, you don't have to be medically trained to realise that that's not the way that you manage someone with a potentially severe head injury. And never never mind the fact that he could have injured his neck and not on the way down to. Um, there was sort of no care and attention taken at all for the for the player's um, well-being. And, and that's a shame. And you look at it when this is on quite possibly the biggest stage in soccer and, you know... It, I know there's been a lot recently in the NFL and generally about in American sport about concussion. Um, and in the, uh, the so FA in, in England, we have a... No. We have <laughs> so it's bad. Um, That's all I know. I hit my head a couple of oh, times. We're good. Yeah, not wrong. Um, but the, uh, the thing is with that, man, like you look at it, FIFA have got to get stricter on what they ask of people who sit pitch side, the training they give to people to make sure that first and foremost, the players are safe and... You know, Amrabat there was not dealt with in the correct manner and it could have actually made his condition worse um, than anything else. I mean, it was it was, it was was bad to watch. And when people outside the medical community realise that it's not the best way to deal with it, then you know you're definitely onto a problem. Right. And it's not the first time either because we had Neymar in in Rio being bounced off the, off the pitch in a basket stretcher with a fractured spine. You know what I mean? Like that's, it's things that FIFA need to look at, but it doesn't look like they're going to look at them anytime soon. Right, they've got a lot, you so know, just, they've been concerning themselves with, you know, getting video-assisted referees and making sure that everyone's, you know, sports drinks are the, the right approved ones and everybody's shorts yeah. match their undershorts and that kind of stuff, but that there's been just like this schism in, yeah. between, you know, other large organizations like the NFL that you mentioned and the FIFA actually, you know, bringing themselves up to proper medical standards. I mean, have you seen no, anything no. where, is there any talk about, you know, making those better? Not, not that I've been aware of at the moment. I mean, I think the, the one thing about the one, I'm not sure you'll call it a positive, but the one thing about the Amberbat thing is because it, it, it's, dry, it's drawn such widespread criticism, that hopefully that'll make them sit up and see, because mm. with the Neymar incident, not many people really looked into that and thought the way that he was moved off the pitch in my opinion was was not the not right for considering that he actually ended up having a, a lower back and spinal fracture but um it was quite sort of it wasn't as robust as you might say as the um as the the, the moroccan medical staff treatment of amrabat i mean there was when you see him spraying water in his face slapping him around the face and things like that it's just right. it's just incredible that they would even think I, of that and I do think, you know, with the Neymar situation in particular, that may have been, and this is kind of messed up, but it may have just been a secondhand effect of Boy Called Cries Wolf. Like, 
like when you flop so much and you hit the deck like every chance you get, it's it's assumed that you're faking it. You know what I mean? Like especially with someone like Neymar who was getting a reputation of taking dives. Yeah. And then you see that, so it's kind of one of those like, uh, you know, is he even hurt? I didn't even think he was hurt, and then I heard he fractured his spine. I was like, there's no way. It's crazy. You know, so like I think that kind of needs to be addressed as well. But definitely having standard medical practices just seems like low hanging fruit. Yeah, and and for me, you look at it, and you think I, I I get what you're saying about you know people going down easy, but realistically, as medical staff, your your only thought when you go onto that pitch is that there could be a potential serious injury. Like a lot of the time, you know when they're not, but sometimes you know you have to treat things in the worst case scenario, and you should never really. You can never really discount the fact that someone might be serious in you because that's how you miss things. Um, so I get what you're saying. Um, and like I said, medical staff are only human and I'm not actually hammering the, you know, the individual medical staff there. I think the overall practice FIFA needs to train people better. Like we get trained better in the UK, um, which is why whenever we travel, as far as I'm aware, with the England setup, they, they take enough physios, enough doctors, enough support staff that they can manage nearly everything on the pitch by themselves if they need to and and they're very much a case of the first part of the action plan is to let nobody else touch them apart from the staff that are trained to do so um yeah which is obviously really important um and you see it you know across all levels of the game i mean i've got a couple of stories of when um the team that i was with was out in india and uh one of the uh Basically, one of the staff had a, had a fit because he's epileptic. And um, when our doctor asked for someone to grab oxygen, uh, the Indian paramedics brought in a fire extinguisher. <laughs> so <laughs> make, of, Just... make of that what you will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Simo, my man, thank you so much. Who do you have winning it, out of curiosity? Um, I said I think Portugal. I think if, if Ronaldo keeps the way that he is, right. Portugal is Portugal for me. Right. Good stuff. All right. Well, we'll check back in with you sometime next week. All right. Yeah. Sounds good, guys. All right. Cheers. Bye, Simo. Thanks, man. All right. That was Simo, our resident physio. I think he was taking a bath at that time. Absolutely wonderful. Um, we absolute lad. <laughs> Absolute. <laughs> All right. We are going to take a quick halftime break here. We're going to have a quick commercial, and then we're going to come back, and we are going to find out exactly why Italians dive so much. Yo, Alex, you feeling old and sore and beat up after workouts nowadays? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, me too. I'm finding that, like, my joints hurt, my muscles are aching. Anytime I work out, play sports nowadays. So our sponsors at Uvo Kinesiology Tape have the perfect solution for us. At a low price, we can get two hypoallergenic rolls that are premium and ready to go. And it will be your solution to any aches and pains you're getting after that uh, after that workout. That's Uvo t- Uvo Kinesiology Tape, Y-U-V-O, and you can find them at ebay.com in a one-bay store. All right, guys, we got Rico, our resident dive expert on the line. Rico, we had some issues filming yesterday, so just to catch you up, we want to hear about the dive of the week, some things you've seen, but also, more importantly, we want to hear your take on the Mexico game as you were Mexico's biggest fan. It is official. Oh. Dude, I, I could talk all day about Mexico being being underdogs and just coming in like saying, we don't care about this. We're going to win. Um, best game ever. Best way, way to start the tournament for the Mexicans. Coming in hard, not letting up, and just, just countering the, the Germans all day. Mexico says, 
we don't like walls. That's why Germany tore it down there. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. What What were your thoughts on the game in regards to – it was good counterattacking soccer, but what were your thoughts in regards to too many touches in the box? Do, is, is, uh, I, I want to get that up to the, the pregame jitters. They were giving me aneurysms and heart attacks with all the touches <laughs> they were taking. Uh, man, we should have had at least three goals in that game. Newark stopped a whole bunch of good ones, but there were some where why are you taking extra touches? Why, if if Layoun misses one more, what had missed one more open opportunity, I would have had to been carted off in an ambulance. I mean, you could have just put <laughs> some kinesio tape on that, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> All right, so Rico. I, I don't know, man. I don't see it. I don't see the – I don't think they're living up to the hype. I think they're overrated, to be honest. I think, you know, if you have you got Chicharito crying after a 1-0 win in the first round of the World Cup, that's not what champions do. How do you feel about that? And Rico died. Rico he apparently doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Rico's mad. He definitely <laughs> muted us. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. That that could that could have been that could have been your blasphemy talk right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, what what are your thoughts on the World Cup? Who do you have taken at all? Um, and tell us a little bit about you. What makes you the 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 diving expert as well? Diving expert. Let me tell you, I grew up in a in a country where we pride ourselves in dramatic dives, and that's that country's Italy, where I played Italian soccer basically all my teen life, and I was just taught how to fall down in the in the 18 to make sure that we get penalties because I was a lot smaller than all the other guys. Um, so when it comes to dives, I can tell a overly dramatic one versus a real one. And, so uh, there's a lot of fake dives going on in the World Cup. We we do have a question, and it is the million dollar question. Why do yeah. they dive so much in Italy? They play such a such a finesse way of sport, the, the, such beautiful passes and touches that if that's interrupted, we gotta fall down and take our ball and go home. <laughs> <laughs> like if we get touched, that's it. That you, you're you're not playing the game right. It's just passing the ball. Finesse. All right, all right. So, what have you seen thus far in the World Cup? Man, what I've seen, I've seen a lot of dives. I, you know, there's a few people that stand out to me. You know, the Cristiano Ronaldo uh, dive at the end of the game there, where he just like decided to say, "Hey, my legs are tired. I'm not gonna go shoot. I just want a free kick." And man, he took the dive of all dives. But at the end of the day, it worked out for him. Um, Neymar. Do you think the one, uh, his dive before, well, would you call what happened before his first penalty, would you call that a dive or was that an actual tackle? Was it a PK? I, 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 the PK, I believe that was an honest PK, but, man, he sold that great. He yeah. sold, like, he was hit, but like, he didn't have to go into, like, oh, my God, my leg's about to fall off mode. <laughs> <laughs> um, the king of dives so far is uh, Neymar. The guy, the guy should be should be in the next Olympics on the dive team. 
that, <laughs> that guy can do great somersaults and twirls and and uh, just live on the ground. Like any 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 time he's touched, the 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 what he played uh, Switzerland man, the Switzerland yeah. defense had him on lock. So much so he said, "Listen, guys, don't even pass me the ball because I'm just gonna fall down." <laughs> so, so you don't think it was like aggressive defense from Switzerland? You think it was just I mean weak, weak play from Neymar? Any other player on Brazil was perfectly fine except Neymar. It is true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were Neymar talking went, earlier. Neymar went to France and decided that he didn't. He stopped learning how to play aggressive ball. He, he, he got uh, weak. Yeah. <laughs> he decided we call to it. Learn, the... he, he learned how to give up quick. <laughs> Called it the he PSG pulled the white flag, flag out. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. So, what would you rate his diving for the week? Oh, Neymar. Oh, he's he's at a he's at probably at a between an eight and a nine. Like he he's Got there. It. Okay, so we're gonna have to keep track as the World Cup goes on. Um, did we real quick? Do you think France has hit the self destruct button already? No. I, I have a feeling France is going to uh, – they're going to pick it up. I feel like they have one of the easier routes in, in the World Cup, and they're going to – they got to take advantage of that. Okay. okay. Interesting. All right. Well, we appreciate having you on, man, and uh, we'll get you back on next week. We'll talk about some more dives. Uh, thank you for answering all of our greatest questions in the world about Italy being the dive capital. Uh, they have obviously dived out of this World Cup, but that's hey! okay. That's all right. <laughs> we'll have you back on want... for sure. And uh, what's that? <laughs> I said, I want to leave you guys with one more statement before I go. Let's do it. I just want to let you guys know that this is not the first time Germany has overextended themselves and been exposed on the flanks in Russia. <laughs> that's a, a little bit of history for some of you that don't know already yeah all right you, well you get that kind of thing here on the swift kicks podcast you know keeping this is it why we're educational in. <laughs> all right rico we appreciate you man no problem uh, hit me up appreciate anytime. it rico all right and that was rico our resident dive expert obviously he's pretty got to be in a good state of mind after having mexico win yesterday one of the biggest mexico fans around um so now we, we have answered the million-dollar question, why do Italians dive? It turns out that it is just in their culture. Um, so, Alex, did you see that article on the warning for hooligans in Russia? <laughs> no, I've seen there's been a bunch of warnings for everything else. What are you talking about? So, World Cup 2018 warning. This is headlined by uh, one of the giant tabloids in England. But basically, they took a West Ham firm and interviewed them on advice for going to Russia. And this guy's fear is that England fans, and I'm going to quote this directly, England fans will be targeted and could be killed by Russia hooligans if they celebrate the, the World Cup in Russia. So it turns out that the West Ham, I'm just going to go out there, the West Ham faction, they are a little afraid of Russian fans. And, you know, I don't know if that's a good thing, a bad thing, but maybe just... <laughs> In our age, we are decided that this isn't for us anymore, and hooligans are going crazy. I'm just um, going to put this out there that I didn't say that they were afraid of Russians. You did. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know what's going on there. Um, but for those of you that don't know, like, soccer hooligans, and this kills me when we go to freaking MLS games. Yeah. You walk around, people would chant at you, and you're just like, no shut up like that's really <laughs> annoying you were zero threat to anyone you can't do that anywhere else in the world like, no. you can't 
No. And it's it like to the point that it's kind of scary. But if you if you're ever like in your free time looking for something to do, and they're like, "Oh, what's he talking about?" Like I think the the who was that the Chicago Fire firm are hardcore. Go yeah. on YouTube and look up whatever happened in Turin, and then come at me, bro. So yeah. we'll, we'll we'll go from there. I um, think the even better one, uh, if you want to kind of really get down to the cultural level of it, if you have Netflix, uh, it's what called the, the the real football factories, and they do they go around. I think even West Ham is one of the bigger ones. Uh, West Ham, Tottenham, uh, sort of some of the London teams. Uh, they go up to like the northwest of England. Um, and they go through all these firms that, you know, especially in the 80s, they would, I mean, just, and it still happens today, but it was just all out brawls in the street after the games. You know, it was like you didn't, you didn't really come to watch the match. You came to, came to win the fight kind of thing. Um, but yeah, going back to what I was saying about Panama, like their fans being amazing in that. So I was at a Panama Honduras game. And then right after was USA, uh, I think it was like Trinidad and Tobago. Um, but you, we're jumping up and down in the stands for Panama and Honduras. And then the U S came on and it was like golf clap, you know, sit in your seat, be <laughs> silent. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, the, the culture definitely would be great if it changed. If the culture around the actually going to the games changed, I think the culture around soccer would change here so much. Absolutely. I think that's kind of going back to what a gentleman had said to me recently is that that is what's wrong with U S soccer is everyone is a fan of someone else. And that's yeah. how you had brought up that, you know, Mexico is actually America's team. You yeah. Know, like, that's the way it is. Um, I forgot what I was about to say. just lost my train of thought. The, no, the hooliganism is kind of rough. Like, it, it does ruin the sport a little bit at times. And they are going to be punishing teams based on uh, incidents that happen. But, you know, it's still happening now. In 2016, England and Russia clashed in Marseille. And yep. it, you know, it's happened and it'll probably happen again. Um, but, you know, kind of changing topics, Alex, what are your thoughts on the three country thing hosting the World Cup? And was it 2026? Yeah, 2026. Yeah. How did we not talk about this until now? Yeah. So USA, Mexico, Breaking news. Canada. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you haven't heard, now you heard. Uh, we're going to get the World Cup in 2026. So anybody who lives in the States and you've been waiting your entire life to go to a World Cup game, you can now. And, I mean, that is so exciting in itself. You know, I was close once. I lived in Germany uh, up until 2005. And then, of course, they got the 2006 <laughs> World Cup. So that kind of sucked. But um, I'm definitely, you know, start saving now, going to the final. Um, we'll be there. A, as a classically optimistic Englishman, you know, the, I did say the first thing in my head was that this will be the World Cup that England don't make it and I won't be able to go see them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be absolutely great. I think it's, you know, it's awesome for all three countries, really, but so much more for the States, especially not having made this World Cup. Um, and we've got the infrastructure made there, you know, so from an economic standpoint, you know, it's going to be good for the country. Um, but just for for the excitement that it'll build for little kids and stuff. You know, I think, uh, I think it was the U S soccer Federation president that was like, you know, you can think of kids that are like eight years, eight, nine years old right now. So yes, the 2026 is, you know, whatever, almost 10 years away, but they'll be, why can't you play for the U S team, you know, as the young rising star in that world cup, you know, that should be the excitement that's being pushed towards all the kids in the youth soccer system, you know, right now, that should be your aim, you know, playing on home soil, um, you know, in front of 
roaring. I mean, the stadiums here, you know, we're not talking. That's the other thing, you know, all of our stadiums are already built, <laughs> you know, right. you know, I think they want to do the final and uh, probably at the Meadowlands outside uh, New York. And you can probably put 80, 90,000 people in that thing. So, you know, Dude, that's going to be host a the phenomenal. big house. <laughs> yeah, they should. So the Ben and I went to host it. <laughs> ben and I went to the Man United Real Madrid game, which is the largest U.S. soccer crowd to date. Uh, I think it was about 111,000, and it was just packed. Absolutely, Dude, it's electric, massive. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was. That was a good time. So for me, Alex, you know what I'm seeing? I'm seeing a team that was like, "Hey, you weren't invited to this World Cup because you weren't good enough," and they were preemptively <laughs> like, "Oh yeah, watch this." Yeah. <laughs> Kick us out of our own World Cup. You can't. Right. We're our own party. So well, I that's think the thing, there's... though. Are there's a lot of talk. They don't know if all three teams are going to make it. Are going to be given automatic bids. So. Right. And to be honest with you, I think Team Canada should get it. Like just yeah. throwing that out there. Um, <laughs> I do think um, it brings up our conversation from last week when we discussed, you know, moving to was it 42 or yeah. 46, 48 40... teams. 48 team World Cups, like is is that the way they go? And they have three countries hosting it. Yeah, I, I think but... that's the. Uh, I think that'll be one of the pushes because I mean, you know, Canada's never qualified for a World Cup before. Um, you had the the Women's World Cup was hosted there uh, last year, um, but you know, you've never had Canada qualify for a World Cup. Could you imagine if they didn't qualify? You know, there'd be no excitement. I mean, there'd be a little excitement in Canada, but you just wouldn't generate the buzz. Uh, at the beginning and then you know u.s and mexico are always you know fighting for the Concacaf spots um imagine if the u.s didn't make it oh it'd be it'd be riots in the streets not really it'd be like super yeah. <laughs> passive ag- there's mass passive aggression going on across the country that's right <laughs> right oh man so that's you know that is exciting though i am i'm very excited and you know wasn't the 94 World Cup in the U.S.? So that's kind of interesting. So there's a lot of people that were going to be alive for two World Cups in their host country. That's, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, I do think there will be a little bit of a different kind of buzz to it. But I am excited to see what it does for the sport. And I know U.S. soccer, the youth soccer movement right now, is going to a grassroots level um, to try and include more kids. because Not necessarily because of the World Cup, but because they, there's so much people that so many people that cannot play right now so they're trying to include way more kids in the in the picture to see if that they're on numbers at the problem it kind of right. resolves it uh but i do think that bringing soccer i think the u.s is in a much better place for soccer right now than they were in 94 so i think you're gonna have a, that culture shift happen then and there and it it'll be interesting to see what the turnout is for the u.s team should and when they make it in all honesty if the best thing to come out of this World Cup is that we get a new U.S. soccer analyst from the team that played in the <laughs> U.S. World Cup, other than Alexi Lalas, that would be great. A like, dude, you know that that's goal number one right there. I heard a rumor, and I'm not positive that it's true, but it's that Alexi Lalas's intern is Landon Donovan. <laughs> uh did you see so he's been in those commercials where he's you know all supporting mexico i cannot stand him he's such a terrible <laughs> person like i'm sure he's a nice guy but like well the thing is he's not so you know i i <laughs> if, if you can't tell ben and i do not like uh landon donovan but 
uh, you know, of course, I think it was like an ESPN documentary and it's like he volunteers his time with kids with cancer and you're just like, you can't hate him. <laughs> you can't. Damn it. I right. can't hate you anymore. But yeah, but, as a but you can't as a, as a as soccer person steps on the soccer field. <laughs> yeah, he's an exactly. absolute coach's son. Like he definitely is like, hey, coach, I'm here. I got the balls and everything. Shut up. Shut up. Yeah. Like, yeah. God, <laughs> I can't stand him. Um <laughs> You know, and for all I know, that's not like him at all, but that's my picture of him. So if anyone can correct me, bring it. Um, right. I'm like the meme. I'm going to be sitting in front of uh, my lemonade stand and I've got a, got a sign that says, you know, Landon Donovan is the worst, convince me otherwise. So <laughs> that's awesome. I do think, you know, the U.S. has a couple of those, though. Like for me, it's Michael Bradley. I know there's a lot of Michael Bradley fans out there, but to be frank, would he be on that team if he was not the coach's son? Like, no. genuinely was the coach's son. That's right. how he got in that squad. And yep. I, I, you know, like I get a little bit of criticism for this, but he turns the ball over and he just runs. I don't know what else he does. Like he, he's got some good build up at time, but it's not world-class to me. And there's gotta be 11 better players than him in the country. There's no right. way there are not 11 better players. More importantly, there's not five better midfielders than him. Um, right. Yeah, so that that's grinding my gears. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's <laughs> we'll grind this to a halt. How about that? Uh, hey, <laughs> well done, well done. <laughs> uh, if you guys want to keep following us, uh, we're starting to gain a little bit of traction on Facebook. Um, it's facebook.com slash Swift Kicks Podcast. Uh, we 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 did have a Twitter. Uh, we with did the same handle. Yeah, we we did for for a short while, and then the feds we, caught up with us. We um, we broke the internet. Yeah, we did break the internet. Apparently, uh, FIFA is not so happy with us sharing the videos with you. So you know, if you didn't catch the game and you wanted to see a goal but you couldn't, or you wanted to share it with the world, uh, we tried doing that for you, but um, the man brought us down. So uh, we'll we'll work on. Uh, we got some pending litigation, and we'll uh, we'll go through that with Twitter, we are, and we'll try and get back. We are pretty much <laughs> the Kim K of Twitter uh, That's right. in the soccer world. Just know that. Um, so seriously, though, like us, share us, follow us, subscri- subscribe to us. You should be seeing us on uh, iTunes soon, as well yep. as the Anchor app. So thanks for everything, guys. Jimmy, my-